you talk about, you know, the, the importance, uh, that your mom played getting you help there. Um, and, and, you know, the sort of that last, that last effort, um, and that, you know, I've never heard someone say that before that you are doing the work you are now because of who didn't make it to where you are. Right. Like that's, I love that, you know, that perspective on it, that sort of the shifting the perspective on it, not because of where you are and how, you know, your story, but because of all the other people whose stories can't be told anymore. I love that. That's just a, it's a beautiful way to put it. And we all, and also for those stories that are still here and that can be told the, the, I, what I've learned too, is that not every single one of us, even in 2021 has the, um, luxury of being loud and proud about our recovery status. Hi, and welcome to Podcaster Stories, the show where we get to meet the people behind the voices of the shows you listen to. This week, I've got John Rue's J.R. Tabanda, who's co-host of the Time Capsule Show, a show that shares inspiring stories through six thoughtful questions. J.R. or John Rue's, whichever you prefer, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for appearing. Uh, so quick question, though. You're in New York, so let's end this argument once and for all. New York pizza, Chicago pizza. Oh, no. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your show, Danny. I really appreciate it. And in terms of pizza, you know, I'm not a big fan of thick crust, so I'm just going to stick with New York. I'm New Yorker at heart, so can't go wrong with that. <laughs> the thin crust one. I came to New York um, as of maybe four years ago or so, and my friends all told me I have to try New York pizza because uh, they knew I'm a, like a thick crust guy. Um, I like that big. Uh, I don't know if, you, if you've had one where it's like a big melty cheese crust and you just... It just piles up whenever you bite into it. But I have to say the New York pizza was amazing. So that's but New York for you. (laughs) (laughs) So as I mentioned, JR, you're the co-host of the Time Capsule Show. So how about you tell tell us about yourself and your podcast? Of course. So a little bit about me. I'm a media professional here in New York City, and I'm also an actor and a singer. Creativity has always been a huge part of me. And I'm so happy that I was able to practice that creativity in this podcast that I started with my brother and two friends that I've known for quite a while now. So the Time Capsule Show podcast is a podcast where we try to define life in a 21st century through everyday people with everyday stories. And one of our goals with the podcast is to show to everyone that no matter where you are in life, no matter what position you have, no matter what emotions that you're going through, we all share similar successes and similar struggles. And it's really amazing. We've interviewed college students, We've interviewed someone who has a PhD and is a professor. We've interviewed someone who was a former Secret Service agent for the White House. So we're just trying to show to people that it doesn't matter where you are in life. We are all connected in some way, shape, or form. And you'd mentioned that uh, there's three co-hosts with yourself. So you're yourself and three co-hosts, one of which is your brother. So but how did you actually come up with the idea of the show? Yeah, surprisingly, I wasn't part of the original idea of Time Capsule. It was between my brother and our other co-host, Monica. And, you know, we're all in our 20s. We are living in this this time of a pandemic where opportunities are very scarce. And sometimes you have to make your own opportunities. And I think that's what they did there. That's what we all did eventually. Um, You know, being in your 20s, it's easy to feel lost. It's easy to feel alone. And sometimes people don't want to talk about their struggles, even though we're all feeling the same things. So we, they thought that it'd be best to make this podcast, especially during a hard, hard times, and to make, an, to make our own opportunity. And why not add some value to this planet, add some value to this earth, and try to impact and hopefully inspire other people out there, especially young people 
who may feel lost and who may feel that they're not connected with society. And you mentioned, obviously, the show um, came around at the well mid mid pandemic, I guess, uh, at the beginning of this year. Uh, so are you doing remote recording? Are you managing to get any in-person recording or how's that working? Yeah, we're actually doing everything through Zoom. We're doing a lot of Zoom recordings and posting audio and video, primarily videos to YouTube. Um, I would love to try in-person interviews, but unfortunately, we, we're not at the point yet where we have a studio where we can invite people. We've thought about interviewing people on the streets, but, you know, there's still the pandemic. We're trying to be very cautious of that and respect mm. people's space. No, hopefully with the vaccines and that coming through now, we, we might get to that position later. For sure. Know, later on, where we'll get back to being in, in person again. Now, as I mentioned, um, it premiered at the beginning of the year. So what were your goals for it uh, when you first, you know, brought the show to life, so to speak? And how have things evolved maybe since that first episode? Yeah, so just from a very basic point of view, our goal is to at least be consistent, right? Put at least one video a week, one inspiring interview, rather. And we just started off with that. We started off with personal contacts, our own network. And surprisingly, with like by the third week, someone reached out to us and said, hey, I like your podcast. I want to be on your show. And for us, that was such a surprise. And we were so grateful that someone reached out to us. And shortly after that, we started putting two interviews up a week because we just had so much on our backlog and we didn't want people waiting for months. So our initial goal was to just share stories. And that's what we're doing up to this day. And where I see us going in the future, I just want to make sure that we're always staying true to our core and just sharing people's stories and inspiring other people. And as you mentioned, there's the, the four of you, which I, I, I find real interesting for a podcast because generally you might have like, say, a, co a host or a co-host, possibly three at the one time, uh, but having four uh, is, is quite a neat idea. So is there a, a method that you have to decide who does co-hosting duties for an episode? Is it based on the topic or is it like rotated? How, how do you work that? Yeah, um, it does get challenging at times. You know, there's four of us. We're four very strong personalities. We're four people with different thoughts. But the way we do it is that we try to delegate the work accordingly. Monica is in charge of our social media. Um, I do some of the booking. My brother also does some of the booking. We all share with some of the work. Vanessa and my brother, they do primarily a lot of the video editing that we're so thankful for and also editing the thumbnails. So we all found a way to delegate the process accordingly. And when it comes to hosting, we actually book people, we find interesting people to put on the podcast and we kind of just put it in our group chat and say, hey, who wants to do this podcast? And we are very open. We try to communicate with each other. Of course, it's not always going to be a smooth sailing road, right? But we try to make the best of what we have and always be understanding of what everyone's going through. Yeah. And you mentioned the group chat there, obviously. Um, so what, you, what would be your sort of normal process for an episode when it comes to ideation, getting a guest, research, etc.? How would, how would that work? Yeah. So when it comes to finding a guest, first off, we're very open to inviting anyone because we believe that everyone has a story. And that's why we want to put them in our time capsule. Everyone has a valid story. And when, it, when we decide who we want to put up, we don't necessarily try to pick who has a better story or who do we think will get us views. Like that's definitely not early. We just try to, we just try to put up stories that we think that are timely. Like for example, for March was Women's History Month, and we put every week very strong, powerful stories coming from female leaders and female colleagues. And I think that we just try to understand the culture that we're going through so that people can relate to the content. And at the same time, we're also continually um, interviewing people and just hearing more stories. And unfortunately, we do have a backlog and people might have to wait a month or a few weeks for their episode to come out. But it's all about the right timing.
And you mentioned obviously the the, the, the women's um, topic um, from from earlier, uh, and you also had the the black uh, Black Lives Matter and the Black History Month um, topics on your show as well. So, is it important for you to to pull from being in your twenties to pull from the, the the cultural and societal issues that are happening at the moment and that have been happening for a while? Definitely. That's one thing that we want to do with this podcast is to impact people and to be a reflection of culture and society. I mean, this is why we're the time capsule, right? Literally everything that people say, everything that people put into our time capsule is what reflects the century. And I think it would be absolutely horrific if we just ignored all of the social and cultural changes that we're seeing in society. So I think it's really important that our podcast reflects that and we reflect relevant and genuine stories that many people can understand and relate to. Hmm. And, and and based on that, obviously, we're seeing a lot of pushback on cancel culture, where I, I feel like, um, I don't know what, you're probably the same, but I feel like people were finding a reason to push back on doing the right thing and blaming it on oh, cancel culture. Have Has your show or any of you had any pushback like that or negative feedback or, or any kind of you know, negativity because of some of the topics that you and your guests have talked about? So when it comes finding the best Canadian podcast to listen to can be hard. With literally thousands of shows out there, how can you be sure you find ones worthy of your listen time? Easy. Let the best Canadian podcast show be your guide. I'm Danny Brown, and if you love all things Canadian, this show is for you. Each week, I'll share one of the best Canadian podcasts around and tell you why you have to listen to it. Doesn't matter what genre it is. Doesn't matter what language it's in. Okay, that's not true. I don't speak French, so it's going to be in English only. But instead of topics that we give our guests, you know, on our booking formats, we actually state to our guests that what we give you the platform, right? We give our guests the mic to speak. We don't necessarily agree or disagree, but we're there to discuss. We're there to have a story time and to just talk and to hopefully influence someone's life. And we haven't come across any negative impact or negative comments yet. I'm sure that's something that every podcast is bound to run into. But, you know, in terms of canceling, I think that rather from seeing it from a point of cancel culture, I think people should be open to discussion. You should be okay to disagree with someone and not everyone in your life is always going to agree with what you have to say. And that's an amazing part of this time capsule. You know, I got to be honest with you as a host, I don't necessarily agree with everything that my, that our guests say, but you know, we're there for discussion. We're there to be open to each other. And I think there's power in that when you can just listen to someone else. It's, it's definitely something that I've seen, especially on social media, maybe in the last two years, maybe in the last four, to be honest. Um, and I think there's a reason for that as well. But there's very much a divisive attitude. It's either you're with us or against us. And we've seemed to have lost this middle ground where we can have or try and have respectful discourse and, and see and learn from someone else's point of view. So I think it's it's key to, like, to your point that it's, it's awesome that you have people on that you may not necessarily agree with, but you give them the space and the voice to share that and, and let people make their own minds up, I guess. 100%. And that's just life. I think that if you expect everyone to think like you, there's no, I mean, there's no diversity in that, honestly. If you expect everyone to think like you and to look like you, and if no one agrees with you, then you kind of shun them out. I don't think that's any right. I think that people have to learn how to agree to disagree and don't let the conversations completely impact your relationships with other people. Now, one of the things that I, I like about your show, it's a very clear format. You have six questions that you have them on your website. And these are the six topics that we're or the, the six questions we're going to we speak about. And the same six questions are asked of each guest. So it's it's always interesting to see different viewpoints and different answers from people in different places in their life. So 
of these questions and maybe your guess, what's been your favorite so far and why that question stroke answer? Oh, that's such a good question. You know, I'm not used to actually getting the questions because on our podcast, we're the ones asking people the questions. <laughs> but if you're going to make me pick just one question from those six, you know, it, it's a hard one. And I'll tell you the two top questions that come to mind. One of them is, what are you grateful for? And another question is, if you were to leave something in a time capsule for people to dig up 100 years later, what would you put in there and why? People always struggle with that time capsule question because it's so hard to pick something that would define this century. But now that I'm verbalizing it to you and saying it out loud, I think my favorite question is, what are you grateful for? And it's because it's so amazing to see how positive that question is. And it's crazy to see how it's always the little things in life that give more meaning to people and what people are grateful for. The best answer that really touched me was from my professor in college, Dr. Anthony Palamba. And he said during the interview, he's grateful for people who gave him a chance. And that was such a powerful statement. I would never have thought of that in my life. But when you think about it, at some point, someone took a risk on us and someone gave us a chance. And sometimes we grow from those opportunities. So just to hear that answer was really heartwarming and really put life into perspective for me. That, that's a pretty strong answer, actually. It's uh, As you mentioned, it's it's all about getting the chances, right? And it's up to you what you do with them, obviously, but getting the chance in the first place is definitely a, you know, it's a nice thing to have, uh, for want of a better word. And you'd mentioned, obviously, I, I said there were six questions on your, uh, your show for each guest. And one of the questions is about where people see themselves in X amount of years. Uh, now, we were speaking earlier, uh, and I know your own background um, had your parents maybe seeing a very different future for you than the one that or the path that you're currently on at the moment and and i'm wondering how much of that maybe led to the the questions on the show uh subconsciously and and what was that like um trying to take your own path when maybe you know your parents wanted a very different path for you yeah i'm so happy you brought that up well just a little background about me our parents always pushed me and my brother to become doctors and to enter the medical route and for the longest time, I was kind of conditioned to tell people, I want to be a plastic surgeon. I want to be a dermatologist. I didn't really know what that meant, to be honest. But when you're young and you're a kid, you kind of just say what your parents want you to say. And I kind of woke up. Um, another one is uh, recording with headphones versus speakers. That's a big debate um, in our community. And uh, we, again, were able to bring some some clear kind of, you know, cut and dry data to that to that picture and conversation. And uh, for anybody out there, please wear headphones anytime you record audio. I think uh, that's that's one of the the big takeaways and things that we see kind of people uh, just, just showing up on Squadcast and jumping in headfirst, which is always good. We always tell people just start your podcast, right? But uh, it's 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 not intuitive why headphones would impact quality. It's it's intuitive why the microphone would impact quality, but headphones is just one of those things that's not intuitive. It's not a fashion statement or a coincidence that you see people in studios and things like that all wearing headphones. Like there's a reason for that. And I can go into that, but you know, please wear headphones. To it in college and say, hey, I don't know if I want to spend the rest of my life doing this. It sounds nice to say it as a kid. So people think it's impressive. But when you actually grow up, it's like, what the heck? I don't really know if I want to do that. And to ask that on the podcast, I think it's really great for people to reflect on who they were five years ago, who they are now, and what they'll see for themselves in the future. I think that we don't see enough of that reflection time. We don't see enough of that, hey, um, how, look how much I've grown. Look how much I've changed. And that really helps us grow more as a person when you can acknowledge that growth and change 
and to ask our guests that our guests actually have some difficulty answering that question sometimes because they really have to think and they really have to reflect on their life, their choices, their mistakes, possibly. And after they decide what their life has looked like, it's sometimes our guests come on our show and say, hey, I've never said that out loud before. I've never really thought about that. And that's what we want to get from our guests. Hmm. And and obviously, um, as you mentioned, being on a different path and, and not knowing what you quite want to do. Because I know you mentioned that before we came on the show, we were going back and forth on email. And I know you mentioned even now you're still not really sure. You've, you're not quite found the thing you're, you want to do, although obviously you're enjoying a lot of the things that you're doing at the moment. Um, so I'm, I'm curious... What what your parents think of you? What you're doing now, then? Because uh, obviously you're not a, a plastic surgeon. You might not be a doctor. Uh, what what's the feedback from them uh, on all the cool stuff that you've been doing so far? Yeah, I'm gonna be so honest with you. It, it doesn't really matter much to them. I mean, sure, I'm thankful to have an opportunity, a job during this pandemic, and at the end of the day, it matters a lot to me. But for them, it's kind of like, oh, you're still they're still getting used to it. I think getting used to the fact that we're exploring different fields and avenues. Because I come from a Filipino background, and in that culture, it's huge to go to medical school. It's huge to go to law school or engineering, those top three. And I'm sure other people of Asian descent can share that sentiment. And and I think I'm proud of myself, to be honest, for trying a new field. I'm entering media. I'm entering entertainment, sports, news, and it's a whole different play field. I'm not even thinking about the money. I'm not even thinking about regrets at this point. I think I'm just happy to be exploring waters that I've never swam in before and to hopefully hopefully learn from this experience hey maybe I might become a doctor at some point but it'll be my decision and it won't be anyone else's decision if I do want to become a doctor again one day and you mentioned obviously in, in some cultures um, it can be difficult for to, to deviate I guess from the path that that is traditionally seen for you you know whether that's medical or a professional you know uh, degree or some degree of that's a terrible set of professional degree of some degree, but um, it, it can be difficult to deviate. So I was wondering, was there any difficulties or was there any like major arguments you had to overcome when you let your parents know that this wasn't what's going to happen for me, unfortunately, at least not at the moment, like you say, maybe a doctor later, but right now, what, what had you, you uh, had to overcome anything like that? Yeah. And I had to overcome problems and struggles with myself because yeah, they have their own opinions. Everyone has their own opinions. Everyone has their own expectations for other people. But at the end of the day, it's up to you whether you want to decide to let that get to you and to find value and appreciation within yourself. And I think that's a struggle that I'm still trying to understand up to this day is just trying to be content with myself and trying to appreciate myself. I think that I put too much of my value into other people's opinions and other people's thoughts. And it's been real growth for me to start appreciating and to start being okay with myself and hey i don't need someone else's approval for me to validate myself and you mentioned earlier obviously you've had um a few different experiences so far um since you know making the, the jump away uh, on your own path with your brother uh you mentioned that you've been doing like or you've done real estate uh, tv production acting and currently you're working at fox uh so how's that experience been with all these different things you've been doing yeah, it's been one hell of a roller coaster. I came into school with a mathematics degree with a pre-med intention. And when I was in college, you know, I always wanted to be on TV. I knew that was something that I always wanted to do, be in front of the camera rather, because I just love the energy of being in front of a camera. So I'm like, hey, let me try real estate because 
there's a show called Million Dollar Listing and the company Nest Seekers is actually on that show. So I got an internship at Nest Seekers and I was so terrified. I remember going in for that interview and I was so terrified seeing all these professional people in a really nice office in the city, Madison Avenue. But I just went blindly into it. Most things I did, I just went blindly and just said, what the heck, let me just do it. And I got that internship, thank God. And it grew to a really great experience. I got my license, I practiced real estate and I was actually able to learn more about the city. I didn't really know where anything was in the city. And because of that, I learned what most of New York is. And shortly after that, I started to do background acting in the city and work in some production sets. I've worked for net on Netflix sets, HBO, FX. The most thrilling experience that I've had was dancing in Times Square dressed as Peter Pan for Korean national television. They had me dance to a K-pop dance. I don't know much about K-pop. I had to learn to dance within one hour. Dancing is not my forte. I'm mostly an actor and singer. And I'm like, what the heck am I doing? Probably one of the most scary and terrifying experiences of my <laughs> life. But I was so proud of myself. I got through it. And, and then, you know, now I'm working in media in New York. Unfortunately, we aren't able to go back to the office. But I'm loving it so far. Everyone's been so friendly, been so um, patient with teaching you the ins and outs of media, especially since I don't have that that typical background going into this kind of job. So when I think about it, I'm an eclectic. I have my experience all over the place, but it's what you make of it. And it's what you take from each experience that slowly builds up into hopefully something where you're meant to belong in the future. Mm. And so I'm, I'm guessing at the moment, is the media part being your favorite or are they all being sort of equal or? Hmm. Good question. I would say it's different. It wouldn't necessarily be greater or less than the other. I think that working media is such a fast pace. It's always changing. There's so many numbers that goes behind everything. I mean, when you watch commercial spaces on TV, there's so much negotiation and so much numbers that goes behind that I'm like, whoa, I never knew any of this. And there's different seasons. There's reasons why certain shows go on during certain times of the year. And when you understand that, it kind of puts everything in perspective. It's like, oh, so that's why, for example, talent shows are put over the summer, like America's Got Talent. Or that's why new shows, new episodes and new seasons are towards the end of the year, like in October. There's so many numbers that goes into these things. Now, we've mentioned at the start, uh, your show is relatively new. It's uh, premiered uh, in January this year. Um, but what are your goals for the future? Are you going to continue to do dual formats? Are you going to, obviously, we mentioned that you want to get, you'd love to do in person with a studio. Uh, what else have you got in plan? What do we have in plan? Our plan is to be consistent, first of all, and to just keep hosting, inspiring interviews and, and meeting great and wonderful people and building a fantastic network of inspiring interviews. Our goal is to just keep doing what we're doing and whether we go big or nothing happens, you know, I don't think that's the point of anything. And it's really a passion project. It's really something that I don't mind doing. And it's been so great to talk to people and it's really pushed me out of my comfort zone. I was always a shy kid. I didn't really know how to talk or to speak my mind and being in this podcast and starting to host and challenging myself has really forced me to come out of my shell and hopefully our show can inspire other people to come out of their shells too and just live life and do what you love and that leads me nicely to my next question actually because obviously the show is about inspiring stories and people find an inspiration from either what they're doing or the people they've met or or, or their own background uh, and who their heroes are so i'm curious with the amount of inspirational stories you've had and your own experiences doing your own thing etc who's your all-time hero and and why 
my old time hero, like in life and like my role model, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or it can be like a, it could be a fantasy hero, it could be like a comic book hero. But yeah, who's your hero that, that, mate, that if you look at, it, you say, you know what, I want to be like that person or that person did this. So I'm, I can do this. Like. Right. So, you know, I don't, I don't think many people notice about me, but I am a huge tennis fan. I watch tennis every day. I cannot play tennis. I've taken a few tennis lessons and I swung that like a baseball bat and the teacher was quite annoyed with me, but I was, I'm always inspired by Rafael Nadal. He's a tennis player. Um, he's left-handed plays with tremendous spin on his tennis balls. I don't know if people, most people know what that means, but it means the ball spins a lot when he hits it. And you know what? This man doesn't give up. He doesn't give up when the game, when he's losing the game, he doesn't give up. He doesn't give up when he's down. Even if he has zero, if he won zero games and he needs to win six in a row to win, like he doesn't give up. And I think that's such an amazing quality that makes a champion. And I take that same quality. And most tennis players, like the champion tennis players, they don't give up. And that's so amazing. That's why I love tennis because the game's not over until you give up because there's no time limit. And if you just keep fighting and you keep trying and you keep finding new ways to strategize, I think that anyone always has a chance to make the greatest comeback. And that's one thing I've learned with my tennis idol, Rafael Nadal. It's, it's interesting you mentioned tennis. Um, one of my heroes uh, from, a, from a sporting angle is Andre Agassi. No way. Um, <laughs> who, yeah, it's like, I just love this story because he was this maverick, I guess, with a long hair. He didn't look like a tennis player, which is awesome to start with. Um, but then he had this big injury and he was out for a long, long time. Uh, and he came back, I think it was to Wimbledon or maybe the US Masters. Um, and everybody had written him off there because of the injury. Um, and he was up against, I, I can't recall who it was at the time, but someone that was owning mm -hmm. the, the male tennis circuit at the time. Um, so it might have been Lando back in the day, I'm not sure. But he came back and, and he won. And it was just amazing. And he got injured, I think, during the game, like his wrist or something got injured. Um, but he, he, like you say, to, to Nadal's point, he kept pushing on. He wouldn't give up. So I, I, it's cool to hear like uh, Nadal's name mentioned there. For sure. And that's just like most tennis players. I mean, look at Kim Kleisters in the U.S. Open. She came back after being pregnant and she won a grand slam. I mean, it shows to you that people's expectations of you don't mean anything. And if you set your mind to something, you can definitely achieve it. Now, speaking of tennis, you know, we're going off a little tangent here. <laughs> but... um. <laughs> What's your take on, uh, I know there's always been the question of, well, you know, men are far stronger than women and women can't compete with men. But then you look at, to your point, Kim Cloisters, and you look at the, the Williams sisters. Um, do you think there will be a time where it's, uh, it's not just like mixed doubles, but it's classes doubles and anybody can compete against anybody if they wish? You know, I've always thought about that, but I think we need to sometimes see the realistic aspects of tennis. Like, I think that the men's versus the women's games are vastly different like men play with so much more spin, stronger serves hitting over 120 to 130 miles an hour. And women's serves, for example, average around what, 90, maybe the lower hundreds. And there's, and there's the exceptions like the Williams sisters, right? But I think it's such a complicated um, issue to look at at this moment. But I think that the sport will always be, it's tennis will always be tennis. And no matter who's playing who, I think there's always going to be a great way to enjoy the sport. Cool. I'd love to say, I know, um, I know Williams, I'm trying to think who Williams, uh, Venus Williams took on once. Uh, I can't recall how it, but yeah, I hear you. The, the serves the, the killer, I guess. Yeah. To the, the speed of the serve, unfortunately. 
So, so your podcast, I'm um, going back on, on topic there. <laughs> but I like that. I like we can talk about tennis and later on. Don't worry. <laughs> exactly. I love talking about tangents. That's what it's all about. Um, so your podcast, obviously, you started in January and you've got four of you on the team. Um, and you mentioned that you have your your roles that you know, you know, who's expert or who's more suited to that role. So knowing all that uh, and with it being a newish podcast, what would your advice be for someone looking to start a podcast themselves or as part of a team like you? What what top advice would you give them? Right. I've gotten this question before and I got to be honest. Sometimes I think to myself, who the heck am I to give advice? I just started a podcast. I'm very young. I don't really know much of the things that I'm doing. But if there's a statement of guidance that I, I can give to people is just to don't be perfect. Stop worrying about being perfect. Shut down that perfectionist mindset and just do it. Stop thinking, hey, am I going to look stupid if I do this? Or will people think I sound dumb if I say this? Or what if the audio doesn't sound like this other podcast? Honestly, who cares? Nothing starts perfect. Everything starts a little bit scratchy and edgy. And you learn from every single mistake that happens. And that's the best way that you can improve yourself. No, that's, that's good advice. I like that. It's, um, I'm, I'm in a few uh, podcasting groups on Facebook and that, that's one of the, my pet peeves is when people say, well, you've got to get X mics and you've got to make sure that you've got the studio set up or you've got to get this audio interface and you really have to get this uh, mixer, et cetera. And you're thinking, but we're just starting out. I don't have one, two, five thousand dollars <laughs> to pull <laughs> down on all this and, and not even know if I'm going to enjoy it or not. You know, so that's, that's a good advice. I like that. Definitely. And people just have to realize that if you really want to do a podcast or anything in general, you'll do it. If you want to film with your cell phone and film the speaker out of that in the mic, like do it. It's not going to sound perfect, but it's a great place to start. And you will learn as you go and you got to be patient with yourself and you just got to be, you got to tell yourself, Hey, I made a little boo-boo there, but no worries. I'll make it up next time. And it's learning. It goes back to your point of, you know, uh, getting a chance and then learn from it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So JR, I've really enjoyed chatting today and I've loved our tangent there, uh, gone into the tennis world. Maybe <laughs> I should start a tennis podcast and we'll have you back for on sure. that one. We can <laughs> talk longer for that. For people that want to catch up on past episodes or get to know you and the team, etc., where's the best place for them to find you? Awesome. So you can find more about us at timecapsuleshow.com. We have new episodes every Monday and Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can find us on YouTube at Time Capsule Show Podcast and Spotify and Apple Podcasts and most of the podcast things out there. And you can follow us on social media at TC Show 21 on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Cool. And I'll be sure to drop all these links into the show notes. So if you're listening on your favorite podcast app or even on the website, hop on over to the show notes section and make sure to click through to the relevant links. So again, Jared, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Danny. I, I truly had a great experience talking with you and I hope we can talk more in the future. Great. You've been listening to Podcast Stories. If you enjoyed this week's episode, go to... No, I've messed, I always mess this up. I do post-production anyway, so I'll do it. That <laughs> you've been listening to Podcast Stories. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, hop on over to podcaststories.com where you can catch the latest episodes and sign up for the free newsletter to get exclusive content direct to your inbox. Until the next time, Take care and stay safe. All righty. Every time. I'm just going to stop doing these outros. I know. Same thing happens to us. <laughs> pre-recorded one. I when you talk about, you know, the the importance uh, that your mom played getting you help there um, and, and, you know, the sort of that last, that last effort. Um, and that, you know, I've never heard someone say that before, that you are doing the work you are now because of 
who didn't make it to where you are, right? Like that's, I love that, per, you know, that perspective on it, that sort of the shifting the perspective on it, not because of where you are and how, you know, your story, but because of all the other people whose stories can't be told anymore. I love that. That's just a, it's a beautiful way to put it. And we all, and also for those stories that are still here and that yeah. can be told the, the, I, what I've learned too, is that not every single one of us, even in 2021 has the, um, luxury of being loud and proud about our recovery status.